and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. All right, it's the Brad and Brit cast. Thanks for coming along with us again today here in the 1.30 Eastern Hour Live on uh, Facebook, Facebook, where they just fired hey Brad, guess what? 10,000 people. <laughs> guess what, Brad? What? The Academy, the Academy left out some dead people on Sunday. I just saw. <laughs> I just saw uh, a guy I used to work with post this uh, – this it's a let's see it's 12 people famous people pretty pretty famous stella stevens cindy williams uh henry silva you know who's one of the uh, oceans 11 guys uh topol most famous for inventing topol the smoker's tooth polish that's the guy. No, he's Topo right. Gigio. Wasn't he the little little rat thing on? No, that's uh, not, not spelled the same. Brit, not spelled the same way. The joke <laughs> was flat when you put it on a oh. thread. Oh. I didn't even bother. Okay. Oh, sorry. It's got to be spelled the same way. Or yeah, but you, the, the, the Topo toothpaste. There's a cultural reference we can all enjoy. That's a good. Yeah. One. No, Brit. Brit. No, no, Brit. Mine is correct. No. Yours is not. You may as well have gone with. Uh, what about the uh, Japanese dictator Tojo? That's, that's close to topol isn't it i apologize for i apologize for one-upping the one-upper i really am sorry i did that you didn't one-up it you one-downed it one jesus we christ talk, you're yes, starting we, at a deficit here my god just like yesterday all right who who, who else is here that i recognize somebody said paul sorvino but then i heard sorvino was sorvino? They just, they, they yeah. just got to stop. Just stop doing it. If you can't get everybody and you're going to miss somebody, just fucking stop. Stop doing the segment. There were a bunch of people what, that died last year, and we what, missed them all, and now we're back. Well, but, you know, they crossed the line on this in putting about 70% of the in-memoriam deaths as people on the technical side of the industry. Yeah. Right? Right. There are a lot. Uh, and this isn't a diminish their contribution but this is the fucking academy awards tv show for the people and the people care most about the actors it's they true. just do it's well it, it's, it's and, just and weird we know because they i couldn't have done it without the special i couldn't have done it without the, the makeup i know that but god damn it jesus it, christ they're, they're it is fucked. it is weird that they i mean they're they're so jealous of the tv time which they fuck up and they go over every year uh and and yet uh the guy who carried a mic on avatar well he just died so we got to put him in and I know. what no i know I mean, and I love the guy that carried a mic and avatar, and I'm sure his family misses him greatly. But again, I don't know if it's worth all of that. Wait, wait here, here was the lamest part of the show, and it was constantly done, and it was done during the in memoriam uh, segment to try to uh, supposedly cover one's ass, and it was, hey, we're going to put a thing up on the screen. Uh, a bar, not it's not a barcode. What the hell is that? Uh, it's a little, Q, it's, the little QR code. I think is what they call right. it. It's a QR code. So, for instance, all the people that we didn't name on the in memoriam thing on television. This. Wait, wait, wait! This is the best part. They put the QR code up for I would say maximum three seconds. That's so we need so a, as an elderly person, and and I'm really oh. old. I just can't seem to be able to get up that quick race over to my tv 
And by the way, uh, know exactly how to, to take the picture within three seconds or I've missed it. Now, well, Captain Technology, you were able to r- run it back on your th- to run the thing back and pause it, weren't you? I, I, I understand that. But that can't be their standard of doing it that way, saying, well, no one's watching this live anyway, so we'll do it. So you're, you're right. Um, yeah, they, they were pretty lame with that. Really every were. it's the same story every year. Well, the Oscars forgot blank blanket. Every it's it's the same every twenty four hours. Well, they forgot this and that. And but I, no, I think I think they really abused the, the the privilege this time even more than normal. And remember, for many years, for several years, they did not go over the time limit. They would end the show at eleven because that was that was back when America was great. And if someone spoke accepting their award for more than 20 seconds, the music would start to play and the hook would come out and they'd have to stop. Right. And then they stopped giving out the technical awards uh, on the show to speed things up. Yeah. And, and they, they, so this year they said, all right, we're not going to do that anymore. So you'll notice nobody got uh, shortened. They, they were able to say, and the immemorium thing could have been more comprehensive could, part for of the, the home it, viewing audience. Yeah. Part of the reason they don't give a shit about it going over is because nobody gives a fuck about your late local news starting exactly at 11. Anymore. Of course. No one but, cares. Right. right. And we, nobody cared back then, really. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> it was barely more important, but, but it's Brit, absolutely Brit, not Brit. important now. Wait, wait. Brit, you, you know why they thought it was important? You know, because well, let me explain this to you. I used to be the business. The ABC affiliates across the country looked at this as an opportunity for it to be a showcase uh, very often for their Monday through Friday anchors who they would have work that Sunday night broadcast, kind of like right after the Super Bowl. We're going to debut a brand new show called The A-Team here on NBC. Watch it. You're going to love it. Yeah, the ABC affiliate here was so into it that they they weren't able to start their fish oil infomercial until like twenty seven past the hour. It was <laughs> just stop it, stop it. You're gonna See? give me a seizure. Stop. See, it. I redeemed myself from that little topo thing. So there, suck on that. You know what? If you don't shut up, I'm gonna run over and put the QR code right up next to you, and I'm gonna click it, and then I'm gonna get the next forty seconds of of, of material out of you, and I don't have to listen to. It. Uh, the, uh, Wayne Powers, who used to be the guy that we, we were with, uh, he was at WBT when you were there, I think the first time around. And he was like, well, Cindy Williams, she was an American graffiti. And I had to remind him gently that Cindy Williams was also in this Scorsese film called The Conversation. So she's, she was in a, a couple of things. So, yeah. No, no, there's absolutely no doubt. She's the perfect example of someone who should have been included there uh, because she was in a couple of really, really famous movies if yeah. not star. And then of course she had, you know, a lot of TV fame. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. By the way, can I, uh, can I read for you what my, uh, older brother, Mark actually said about everywhere, everything. Oh yes. I'm ready because I had asked him, I think I mentioned this previously. I had, uh, I had, uh, asked him about the movie and he said, I don't want to tell you what we thought of it. This was on Saturday. He and his wife, so I just want you to watch it and then tell me. Well, that was a clue that he wanted to tell me that he hated it, but he didn't want to prejudice me. All right, <laughs> but he didn't say anything. So we watched the wait. We we watched the movie, and I told you we bailed out within the first hour. And then I sent him a text 
And this is, again, before the Academy Awards. Um, I said, at what point did you bail on everything, everywhere, et cetera? 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or 60 minutes? I gave him a choice because I knew he. And I got no reply. I go, oh, my God. Does that he mean he hates it. me? He oh, hates He must have loved it. He thinks I'm a joke. No, no, it just oh. didn't get around to it. He's like me. You know how I reply to you 12 hours yeah. later on things sometimes? Did the same thing. Like the rat is the one guy in America that won't look at his phone for 18 hours at a time right. and then pick the right. thing. Oh, there I'm, it is. Yeah, see, I'm that it. guy. So here's what he wrote. He wrote this on Monday afternoon. Stopped about halfway through. Picked up there a couple days later, but still didn't finish. A noisy mess that's like a TikTok video on steroids. Give me a compelling story told coherently and cogently. Come on. Start with your grandpa. Uh, uh, insults oh. here, but go ahead. Start in. I, I believe that we millennials uh, enjoyed yeah. the film a lot. I'm tearing up my Academy ID card and joining the people. We choose overwhelmingly Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Top instead Gun of this extreme, Maverick. Wait, instead of this extremely random, overly chaotic, and ridiculously fast-paced movie, let's face it, we're no longer even close to being the target demographic for movies or much else for that matter, with the possible exception of Ozempic. <laughs> today, today, everything and everything we thought we knew is turned upside down. Get me LB, which uh, only the uh, oldsters know what that would mean in the context of movies. Does the millennial know what LB means? Nope, you don't. You ready? What was the context of that? Get me LB on the phone because everything we thought we knew has been turned upside down. Get me LB on the phone. You don't know. Uh, no, I don't know that. The answer is Louis B. Mayer. I got a great idea for a movie. So yeah. I wrote back to him, Jack L. Warner. Now that guy knew how to make a movie. Give me the jazz singer. Okay. So at this point, we're just... Yeah, you, you guys are throwing around Fatty Arbuckle references now. No, no. And then I said, ever notice that Rihanna can't sing? And he says, thank you, Larry King. <laughs> and by well, the way, you just... have, you no have you noticed that Chris Wallace has taken the old Larry King idea for his Sunday show that's probably watched by nine people? It's he'll not, have... it's not wait, wait, that bad. Ha wait, hang on. Uh, again, not making a judgment on the show. I'm making a judgment on number one, it's on CNN that yeah. doesn't have very high ratings. Number two, it's on again 60 minutes on Sunday nights, which the 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 uh, even the CNN crowd is watching 60 minutes, I'm sure. But but he's doing this pairing up a serious person with a goofball, the way Larry King used tonight, Henry Kissinger and Charo for the full hour. Right, he would pair pair them up, and so that's what Chris Wallace is doing. That's what well, I thought doing. you were going to say. Chris Wallace now is doing the standard of not having any idea what his guest is, and coming completely cold and unprepared. Which is <laughs> that, that was the different. That would be a different version of Larry King. Hey, yeah. speaking of, of CNN, I do have to get this. Is like ten minutes till nine, and I never, I really don't watch the channel that much. Even though you've accused me of letting CNN ruin my life at certain points, and I, I was, I was watching, I was had it on mute and it was anderson cooper so they did this bit where it's march madness i don't know if you know that brad the ncaa tournament actually starts on thursday and they said i know can anderson name the top did you see this no but i i know what this is this is <laughs> you... uh, anderson cooper about every four days he does some <laughs> segment that lets you know that he's a gay man who knows nothing about what <laughs> 
straight men in America do, which is watch a lot of sports. Is that right? They said, can Anderson name the top seeds in the NCAA tournament? (laughs) And hilariously, because he is a gay, he was unable to figure out and tell us what the top seeds were (laughs) in the NCAA tournament. It's fucking painful. That's exactly what it was, you know, because he's gay. Yeah, why? I, I don't. That isn't a self-own. That's it's just stupid. It's because stupid. of course, of course, it has nothing to do with your sexual orientation as with to whether anything. you like basketball or not. It just doesn't. doesn't. But he has to play into that stereotype, and I don't understand it. He doesn't need. They should they should have him coming out like a it's like they should have him coming out in a Liberace. Okay, I can name the t- last five musicals that got the Tony. I mean, they, they they really should just do that with the guy if they're going to do that shit. Right. And I don't dislike him. I think he's I think he's pretty good. He's a good yeah. interviewer. He does some yeah, good why, pieces. Why why are you killing time doing that? Right. <laughs> That's just the dumbest why shit. Why are you doing it? It is so stupid. <laughs> Wow. All right. wow. It, it, Can I just say something? I don't think we've ever come out of the gate more on fire. Oh, we're killing it. Than, than, than we've done this day. All right, here you go. Ready? Here, I'm ready. Uh, Ron punts on Ukraine, says Putin can have the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how shitty is the American diet? Jeez. Big short guy weighs in on Silicon Valley bank implosion and donald trump in iowa like peanut butter and anchovies <clears throat> oh, do uh do the how, how bad is the american diet mm, all right you'll uh yeah, you'll dig this one let me let me get rid of some of this crap all off my screenini uh here we go research done at a university that is not part of the big dance and it's close to us and it Made it into the final game last year. What would that be, Britt? The Kansas Jayhawks? The can't university. No, they won it. Brit. They won it. Oh, Brit. the team the team that lost? Oh, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Now we Research- lost, but I still cashed. Researchers at Carolina have found that now we're to sixty percent of the food and drink items purchased in grocery stores by Americans are now processed to some degree it's up 10 percent in the last 20 years despite big public health campaigns by liberals warning against obesity and increased awareness about fitness and diets they found that frozen entrees appetizers pizza and carbonated drinks are the worst offenders in your processed food category in terms of the number of additives that they throw in there and that's how you get uh, what are considered to be processed foods when they just throw in more more shit uh, you buy an apple you just buy an apple right that's not processed food it's just as it is but if you uh, uh turn it into some kind of disgusting uh frozen apple pie thing of shit <laughs> suddenly it's processed food pretty good explanation huh Mm-hmm. Here's the name of the researcher. It's Dr. Elizabeth Dunford from the University of North Carolina. Uh, the process uh, that we used came out with results that give us reason for concern, uh, growing evidence, adverse health. But anyway, 
It's about colorings, flavorings, preservatives, sweeteners, and and the rest. But basically, uh, you know, the old, uh, did you ever hear this, Britt? When you go into a grocery store, the best thing you can do is just go around the outside ring. Never go through the aisles, and you'll be about 150% healthier. Because if you notice, the way most stores are, and this is not 100% true, obviously, like the you know, the cold cuts and shit may be on the outside ring. I get, I get that. Uh, but the aisles, <laughs> that's where the really, really bad stuff is. That's where the super, that's where the crackers are and the, the, the candy is. And, shit like and that. Re- yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I don't even know if there needed to be a study on that. I think we kind of knew this. Well, my initial thought was it's just now getting up to 60%. <laughs> <laughs> took, yeah. I would have thought it would have been there before then, but yeah. Well, I, I think the point is, and it's like everything else, it's it's not where the absolute number is right now. It's the trend. And yeah. you would have thought maybe that in the last 20 years, things might have gotten a little bit better. But they don't because, you know, the shit that tastes good is bad for you. It's always been that way. The better it tastes, the worse it is the worse it is for you that that has not changed i can i remember as a kid you know what i used to eat a ton of i mean just a ton tony's frozen pizzas they've been around forever oh sure yeah, tony's pizza i love those things i used to eat those all the time and when you look on the label of uh, a standard frozen pizza not the ones where they actually try to not make it quite as bad for you and there's a no, million the of ones. them now. yeah the really shitty cheap ones there, there there are some that are that are not so bad of course they're they're 19 dollars, but exactly okay. exactly uh, but if you want the ones that are that are five bucks four bucks probably like tony's is still cheap mm-hmm. the list of ingredients goes on for, i'm surprised they're able to get it onto the front of the little you know the 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 wrapping on there the round wrapper that that does it so and you know what it didn't hurt me a bit it did not hurt me a bit but uh i guess to my credit i don't remember the last time i ate a frozen pizza i'll bet it's been 20 years we just it's just not on my my radar anymore now brad is buying a pizza at a pizza place any better than a than a frozen pizza i don't know probably not it, it has to be I think I think it probably is, depending on you know. Again, things are going to vary from place to place, but I think it probably is better in terms yeah. of preservatives I mean, and shit like that. In terms of calories and fat, I'm sure it's it's probably it's. Oh it's yeah, worse. yeah. But but you can't possibly put those kind of preservatives in something that they make in front of you with, you know. That's just it's that simple. So that's our that's our nutrition update for the day, courtesy of the University of. North Carolina. I won't read about all the warnings and the mm. what they stuff. what UNC won't tell you is that Joe Biden is killing our kids with bad nutrition. That's what's happening, and I wish they would just tell. Go ahead and say the truth about this. Yeah. Hey, have we had a an ethanol argument break out over uh, candidates headed to Iowa already? They usually fight over ethanol. That's always the big issue <sighs> yes, out there. Are we going to continue yes. to subsidize? the the uh, corn growers uh so that they continue to produce enough stuff to dilute our gasoline and make it shittier which you know we can't get away from that because it's a, 
That's ridiculous. We just can't because Iowa is such an important part of selecting the president. They always have to fake it. The next guy has to be way more hardcore on ethanol than the other guy, and then they just have to have a race on it. And then one guy always comes out and says, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to, and of course, they get three votes. That's right. (laughs) They get three votes. Because, you know, Iowa is just corn. That's the only thing you need to know about that state. That's all you need. Uh, nothing else. And and Drake University, and it's it's where Buddy Holly died, right? That's correct. That is exactly Mason City, correct? See, no, I know some shit. Sm- no, I think it was a smaller town than that. It was one you like really? you never heard of? I think maybe it, well, maybe that's where the plane went down. But I think the sock hop was actually in Mason City. Mm. I think that's where the the big show was that night in some in that place. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about the big short guy. He's got a take. Big He's got a guy. take on the banking crisis. Okay. In America, remember what his name is? The big short guy. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember him. Michael Burry. B u r r y. Was played by Christian Bale in the movie. Uh, okay. Doesn't it, when, at the end of the movie he writes down a number on his little whiteboard that's like up eight thousand three hundred ninety-seven percent or something like that. Right. He predicted in two thousand seven the subprime mortgage crisis and he shorted the fuck out of everything he put his money on the correct side of of his thoughts and made a lot of money so what does he say this time around is it the same the answer is no people need to keep their heads because most banks are fine here's his tweet the crisis could resolve very quickly i'm not seeing true danger here there you go now, did That's you happen to watch? Any, did you happen to watch any Fox News last night? Uh, nah, maybe a I believe. Maybe I a believe second. that uh, Sean Hannity was referring to it. What is happening to um, the SVB Bank as a billionaire bailout oh, on please. the behalf of, of Joe Biden? Because Fox is very concerned when rich people get treated uh, get some favoritism. They don't like that. <laughs> I believe this was their studied take on on the uh, SVB situation. So when he said that, that means he had to have taken time out from just blaming Biden individually, right? Well, and then also he's making fun of Biden for correctly saying that Trump is partially to blame for this, for defanging uh, Dodd-Frank, as we talked about yesterday on this particular podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I was uh, actually spending uh, a little little bit of time this morning, probably too much time, on how did we get here in terms of uh, banking regulations. Is that dry enough for you? That's fairly dry. And I, and I looked, and, you know, when you use this uh, jargonistic terminology that unless you're really up on it, you don't know, like you just did by saying Dodd-Frank, Okay. <laughs> right yeah okay. you have to be careful another example of that is well well let's bring back glass steagall oh, okay uh, partially so like but i just remember for many years the republicans would bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch about dodd frank and how it was fucking over the economy but, and oh but, my god that's, things exa- be better. that's exactly the point that they it doesn't yeah. matter what it was right they were complaining exactly. about it and it's stuck and it's yeah. stuck enough that when uh, clown stick von fuckface became president in 2017 he was more than willing to entertain 
the worst of the worst of the banking industry, including the guy who ran the Silicon Valley Bank saying, oh, you have to let us up on the regulations. They're crushing us. We can't grow. It's so hard. And Donald (laughs) Trump being the great businessman that he is, understanding the need for the wheels of commerce to be lubricated to the maximum with the least amount of resistance from evil government regulations said, bring it on. And they lifted the regulation that said, if your bank, if your bank had uh, over, was it 50 million, $50 billion in, in assets, in assets, we're going to examine the shit out of you and you got to, you got to abide by the tougher rules post 2007, 2008 bank meltdown, financial meltdown. And they walked in there and said to Trump, I want you to sign this, move that 50 billion up to 250 billion, make it a make only the biggest banks have to still abide by that. And Don said, okay, you got it. So that gave the room for, people like the guy who runs Silicon Valley Bank to do more of what he wanted to do, which is make riskier bets, taking in more money from more people and promising them more, and we get to where we are. Now, that's the modern era. You know who the real evil person in this always is. It's always FDR, right? <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who Franklin has been, dead, had been he dead for the, 80 years. Yeah. He started this bank regulation shit. And actually, the Glass-Steagall Act, spelled S-T-E-A-G-A-L-L, I think Glass was a congressman and Steagall had been a a, uh, a treasury secretary. Maybe was the other. So the, these were two guys that were in the, the, the government then. And they actually came up with this idea in 1932, well, who was president in 32? Hoover, Herbert yeah. Hoover. And, you know, by 1932, we we're in the midst of a full-blown depression. So even Herbert Hoover or Hubert Heaver, depending on if you're a Lowell Thomas fan, how do you like <laughs> that one for an old reference? Oh, Jesus Christ, that's great. <laughs> just, get, just get a copy of Kermit Schaefer's bloopers. You'll hear it. Kermit Schaefer, Mr. Blooper. Mr. Blooper. <laughs> 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 right, so oh, they, they came up with this uh, this idea in 1932 that banking, which was uh, largely responsible for fucking up the economy, much of it in the 1920s, because the banks were just taking everybody's deposits and doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do. They would buy stocks with the yeah. deposit. They would do whatever they wanted to do. And then when things started to turn south and everybody ran into the to the local branch and wanted their money back, well, that caused a banking collapse, right? So so this act, this act said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide banking into two different categories, right? Deposits, regular everyday banking, what you do when you deposit your paycheck, you take money out, blah, blah. And then the other side will be investment banking, investing in new companies, lending to uh, people who want to start a business. We're going to separate those two. And that was thought of in 1932. It was passed in 33 when Roosevelt was president. And that lasted for a long, long time. And you know what happened? It worked pretty damn well. Worked pretty damn well. And then guess 
Guess who decided it was a good idea to start to let up on that? Huh? Huh? Is that Ronald Wilson Reagan? Well, um, no, I'm trying to okay. nail this down. This might have been through the uh, 80s and the 90s. They chipped away at it slowly. Okay. okay. Slowly. Uh, but we didn't quite realize how pathetic that would be until you get to 2007, 2008, right? When the banks and the financial institutions were making these subprime idiotic loans and coming up with all kinds of exotic products that should not have been done. In other words, the original intent of the legislation during the Depression was to prevent what ultimately happened then and certainly should be in place again now. And that's too bad. Uh, the stock you own in a bank would go down in value. Tough shit, okay? It's more about the depositors and the people who use these these institutions for their everyday lives, important part of America. Um, but yeah, uh, you get Glass-Steagall and that lasts most of the way through, but it gets chipped away at, it gets chipped away at. And then after the meltdown of 2007, 2008, you had uh, Senator uh, Christopher Dodd and Congressman Barney Frank, mm -hmm. Dodd of Connecticut, Barney Frank of Massachusetts, that's how you get Dodd Frank. And that really that really put the clamps back down on on banking in a correct way after the meltdown. And then what happened? Again, they, they wanted to chip away at it and they found the guy who would help them chip Donald J. Trump. That's right. And yes, some Democrats did vote in the Senate for that legislation. But it was Trump. Have you ever heard the video or seen the video or the listen to the audio of what trump said when he signed this he made it sound like this is the greatest thing in the history of american that's right. capitalism that's right this is, this is going to allow everything to fly this is wow how did we ever have a country until donald trump in 2018 let the shackles be lifted from the poor beleaguered banking industry so what is your uh, studied in real time evolving um, take on the, the situation, the SVB situation and how it's affecting the overall economy right now? Well, you can't know in, in the short term. I mean, it, it's going to depress in general the amount of loans that are that are given out. It's going to it's going to put a squeeze. I mean, theoretically, it's deflationary, right? It's going to mm -hmm. cause less business to be done uh, fewer risks to be taken and uh, yes of course the economy is based on entrepreneurship and people having an idea that sometimes makes it and most of the time doesn't and you have lending institutions that, that that get behind it but silicon valley bank was just a they're just a freak show they're uh, they're, they're just a they're just a freak show uh way too much way too fast Mm -hmm. uh, way too unstudied and not every in fact very few in fact a select teeny tiny number maybe hopefully on less than the number of fingers you have on one hand would have done anything close to what they did which is be so out of proportion 
in the amount of money that they had on hand to be able to pay back depositors with most of the money that did come in uh, bet on much longer term treasury securities, which that was great until about a year and a half ago when we started to decide that inflation needed to be fought and interest rates started to rise. And suddenly all those long term investments started to lose value. And, you know, my original thesis uh, on the world from 20 years ago, for which I made fun of by my wife, is that uh, one day the Internet will destroy the world. This just doesn't look like a great thing. It seems like it is, but something's going to. And no, did the Internet cause this? No. But did it enable every idiot in the world to instantly create panic where it used to take a few days for panic to go around the world and for people to do this. I mean, did you see that uh, on th- was it either was a Thursday or was it Friday that $40 billion, $40 billion was um, uh, taken out of that bank by depositors, 40 billion. That, 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 that just can't happen without podcasters, and uh, people with uh, hundreds of thousands of folks who follow them on Twitter responding to panic. That's what they did. It is, it is stunning. I mean, that is stunning that all of a sudden you just get a whiff of the, the nervousness or the anxiety, and then all of a sudden it turns into something very real, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, also I think, and this is kind of an Elizabeth Warren take, if per our discussion yesterday, if the American consumer feels like my choices are going to a big bank that offers stability but rips me off or a smaller bank that won't rip me off but could go tits up, I don't think that's a great I don't think it's a great bargain for the American consumer. I don't think that's great. It's a little cynical, I understand, but it just doesn't seem the greatest thing for the American consumer. No, and, and as far as that choice goes, uh, most rational people would would take the the safer alternative, except for you, Britt, because <laughs> You just don't want to ever have your name associated with those four or five biggest banks. And I understand that, you know, you've I got have, people. I've, I've had loans with those people before and somehow what? they didn't rip me off. What? <laughs> yes. This will shock you. But that last vehicle that I had was financed through bank of America at a percentage rate and APR that was less than a point. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. But you, you have no idea what they stole from you. You don't even know it. <laughs> the, the, it's just, but it's, it, it, it's disgusting. It's disgusting that people would seek safe harbor among these freaking rapists at Bank of America and Wells Fargo and those other large banks that have just been doing all sorts of awful things over the years. I would I would hate if that was the result that people took their money out of credit unions that are completely stable. You're seeing all sorts of banks that have nothing to do with this, but people are freaking out. And I get it. I understand that. I don't want to go back to we were just talking about the 1930s where, hey, let's put it under the mattress. Let's put it in a shoebox in the closet, all that shit. Obviously, that's not something that's going to happen. Um, I, I would just hope that people were able to kind of keep their heads about them. Uh, and I hope that, you know, I would hope the average dude and dudette is not harmed by this. But they're going to get there'll be some people that will hurt by, be hurt by this Wait, for sure. Let's take the, the classic Brad and Brit stance of just how stupid are the American people? Yeah, Um, because I would bet that if you 
did a really fair and accurate survey of 1,141 people, whatever that famous number is that they, they do to get a good cross-section, that a huge percentage of them, and this goes to what you're talking about in terms of uh, people panicking or instantly moving their money without knowing what's going on um, because they've heard this, that, that, that. What percentage of people do you think actually know that the first $250,000 they have in an account at any given institution, and that's the total amount you would have in a bank if you have CDs and a savings yeah. account, if it adds up to two fifty, you know, that's that's been covered by federal deposit insurance yeah. uh, for for years. You know whose idea that was? That's right, FDR. Socialism. Um, Boo! Socialism! But, but how, how many people realize that in in that case, it doesn't make any sense to move your money from the uh, smaller bank that you've been working with in your community that is a member of the FDIC. They have the little sticker yeah. on the right on the door when you, you walk in or it's on their, their website and your money is just as safe there as it is at a larger bank. What percentage of people do you think actually know that? Maximum 25. It's probably closer to 10. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 and it's a rhetorical question, yeah, because there's no answer. But the the degree of ignorance, and again, you could say, you know, if your problem is, as an individual human being, that you do have more than $250,000 in right. your name at a right. bank, that isn't really a problem. Yeah. And, and you, you are, are able to solve that in, in many ways. The number of people that have that kind of money in, in total, in cash at one bank, and it's probably not that many, but you know, what do I know? Um, so the, the, I, think, I, just, I think the truth is we have so there are so many great alternatives to the big banks is what's frustrating to me. Like around here, the state employees credit union, which is uh, ubiquitous, right? They're everywhere and, and they do a very good job. They don't do risky shit. They're very stable. You don't hear about them and any of this stuff, but there's going to be some people that are, you know, like questioning. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm getting a little nervous. I, I would think, I would think that, that uh, credit unions would benefit. I would hope so. From this. It, it, it wouldn't be just a, a flight to bigger. It would be a flight to different. I hope uh, so. And I also think, and I, I don't read this, I don't see it, I wouldn't know, but I would just guess that this is a savior right now for cryptocurrencies just in the short term because this allows uh, all the the uh, nihilists and yeah. the uh, end of the worlders to say, see, yeah. see, we told you so. I heard gold was getting sold pretty good too. Gold was taking a bump on this thing. Uh, well, maybe today, but not certainly not yesterday. Wow. I, I, again, I just don't like the whole, again, I I asked you this question one time and this was, God damn, it's hard to think back about this. The good old 2008, 2009, 2010, when we had the double whammy of having the black president and an economic downturn, which was completely caused by the Democrats, according to some people. And we were 
we were, I don't know if you remember those days in particular, but that's when the Glenn Beck shit started really taking hold. And what was Glenn Beck telling you to do? First of all, you have to have some gold coins on hand at all times, because when the mole people come to your house to rape your children, you're going to need to have money to buy some magic beans. And speaking of magic beans, the other thing that Glenn Beck was really selling hard for several years was these pressure packed containers of vegetables that you were supposed to bury in the ground or something. And when earth had been scorched and it looked like Mad Max, you were going to be able to take this stuff, plant it and feed your family. <laughs> That's what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I said to you one time, I was like, is it, should I have some gold on hand? And you were like, well, if it's gotten that bad, it doesn't really fucking matter. Does it? I mean, if you, have to, if you're bartering for like, um, a bottle of water with six gold coins, eh, you might as well just go in and off yourself at that point. Is it really worth living? Mm. <laughs> You're done. Actually, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the uh, the GLD, which is the gold ETF. Yeah, you know, so that's you an easy way to, to get it. So you don't. So you don't have to have it in your basement. No. Um, full historical data going back to 2005, and actually, actually. It's on pretty well. It it, uh, it peaked in uh, 2019, and it's only down a couple bucks in total. I mean, it's really held its own. Oh. Uh, gold has held its own through all this. It hasn't been a, a bad uh, idea at all, and it's been actually less less volatile than than uh, a lot of other uh, concepts there. So the the general thought that you should keep you know five percent of whatever you have in you know, something like gold is uh, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's the, you know, put it all in one place. That's always a fine idea. That's always an excellent idea. Just go for that. Just, just go for it. I was going to um, update you speaking of, of various prices. The, the greatest radio company in history, Odyssey is down to 14 cents. They're uh, sure what? their stock is now oh, 14. Whoa. Cents. Yeah. Yeah. That does, by the way, represent uh a 50 percent decline in the past 30 days wait a minute Britt. i think it's official my house is worth more than the what are they like the third largest radio company yeah. in the country yeah they are and by i don't way, know how they haven't worth that much it's not <laughs> i'm with you but i but at, maybe at, my house at this point at 14 um, cents can you figure out the market cap of odyssey this is this is the old intercom for folks who are it Radio. says, <laughs> according to Market Watch, yeah. Would you like to guess high low on the market cap of Odyssey? Wow, I'm going to say twelve million dollars. You're low. Twenty one point zero six million, according How to much? them. Twenty one point zero six million. Wow. <laughs> to give you an idea of just how <laughs> unbelievably horrendously low. That is twenty-one million is way, 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 way less than what individual radio stations in yes. medium or large markets yes. were selling for not all that long ago. <laughs> One station, and this is a chain of yes. What do they have? A couple hundred. I think that's correct. Yeah. Right. So a couple hundred of their stations market value. On the stock exchange is only 20. Wow. <laughs> wow. Britt, it's getting close to where we can buy that sucker. 
It's getting uh, close. According to uh, MarketWatch, over the past year, the shock has lost 95% of its value. Well, yeah, but it's kept 5% of it. <laughs> you know, I kind of am not a financial genius. I don't have an MBA, anything like that. I only took like really one economics class, which is another thing I should have done in college. I have managed to keep at least 5% of my value in the past year. Somehow, some way, I've been able to do that. Can't explain it one. I can't tell you. I'll, I'll write a book. Let me ask you a question. I haven't been to your place for a couple of years now. We've, yes. We've been separated by, by the, we used to do the Brad and Brit cast in the, you know, at, at your place. And, and now you don't want to let me even near you anymore. That's correct. I can't blame you. Do you still have that same TV? Uh, I, I don't know if I've upgraded. I upgraded in the summer of 2018 to a 4k television. So I don't, right. I, I, I mean, it's a 4k. I've still got okay. that one. It's a All big right. one. It's like 40, it's like 46 or 48, somewhere. In there, Just asking. <laughs> How dare you judge me? I mean, that had nothing to do with anything. I just thought I'd ask it. All right. You, uh, how about, uh, Donald Trump? and iowa like peanut butter and anchovies you know just just conceptually the idea of him being in that state it it doesn't fit it doesn't sound right it never kind of did right you know it, it, if not just for the reason that remember at the iowa state fair they'd have this thing and they'll have it again this year i assume where they put a bale of hay out there and each candidate stands on the bale of hay and makes a speech. You recall that? I, d I remember some of that. And yeah. I, I just remember, yeah. you don't remember the speech, but you just remember the visual. Like, even, like Mitt Romney dressed in overalls. And, oh, and, sure. And, They've got like some Dickies shirt on and they eat right, a corn right, right. dog and they drink now, a beer. Course, Trump, Trump never participates in stuff like that. It's, it's, it's beneath a man of such a class and stature uh, because you only see him in the blue suit with the, with the red tie. It's kind of a Donald Trump equivalent of, you know, the dictator dressed up in a military uniform all the time. That's his military uniform. It's always the blue jacket, the blue suit, and the red tie. So he had to go out there on Monday because Ron DeSantis, and I'm not even going to bother with, please don't even bother with the nickname. They're so lame. They've so lost their, their edge. Uh, so Trump has really, really run out of material. I mean, when you think about a, a comedian who had it going on for 30 years, like George Carlin, think of all the material that he wrote over the years, or, or even someone like Rodney Dangerfield just did one liners, but he always had new ones. He mm -hmm. really did. Mm -hmm. he, he was able to crank out new material seemingly for forever but trump has really really gone flat and it's not a question of getting new writers because uh, it's beyond that so here's what he said out in iowa right after ron DeSantis had been there and i think he went to the uh the same city it was i think he went to davenport is that it i think that's right yeah Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan, who was a rhino loser who is currently destroying Fox. But Ryan, Paul Ryan is a big reason Mitt Romney lost his election. And 
to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So I don't think you're going to be doing so well here. I don't think you're he. He he's really lost his ability to speak. Not that he yeah. ever had it, but it's getting worse because the, the, the sentences make no sense. You saw the visual, and I did, and I understand the irony of the statement, but I thought he looked very old. I thought the age was really... I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Trump also said that Ron DeSantis wants to decimate Social Security and Medicare, and Donald Trump, the great protector of Social Security and Medicare, sure right. Uh, New York Times quotes one attendee of Donald Trump's speech, who summed it up like this. Both stand for strong Christian values and common sense. I wish they could run together. My God, that's got to be a painful choice for a man like that. Can't you just be his vice president, Mr. DeSantis? Wouldn't that be the solution for all of us? A poll in the Des Moines Register suggests trouble for our friend Donnie. The number of Iowans who say they definitely vote for him has dropped from 69% to 47% in just two years. He and DeSantis have similar favorability numbers in the poll. Trump at 80, DeSantis at 74. I don't count the validity of that question at all. So fewer people say they definitely vote for Trump if he were the nominee. Yeah, but would you possibly vote for Trump if he was the nominee? Isn't that a more intelligent way to ask that yeah i probably would and i would never ever 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 vote for a democrat joe biden so it's an irrelevant question DeSantis voiced an opinion to fox on monday but it's in sync with trump and this is about ukraine i say that ron DeSantis is ready to punt on ukraine give the ball to Vladimir Putin on your own 35-yard line. You give him the territory that he needs to operate in. And here's the quote from Ron DeSantis. While the U.S. has many vital national interests, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute. A territorial dispute. This, By the way, I remember... In September of 1939, September 2nd, when there was a territorial dispute between Germany and Poland and Adolf Hitler, he needed to settle that territorial dispute, so he sent tanks rolling across the border. By the way, there is no difference between that moment and the moment last year when Vladimir Putin sent tanks rolling over the border officially into Ukraine But Ron DeSantis, like all Republicans, think that their voters are so stupid that they don't know what he's saying. He's saying that the quote-unquote territorial dispute, which is the international equivalent to just a tourist visit on January 6th, right? Uh Um, The territorial dispute, he says, between Ukraine and Russia is not one of those national vital interests that we should even think about. We don't care. Trump has similarly said that Ukraine is mostly a European problem, not a U.S. problem. And remember, all the way through the 1930s, 
there was a large swath of Americans whose very being was all about whatever's going on in Europe, what's ever going on in Germany, whatever Adolf Hitler is doing all through that, that last part of the 1930s, that was not our problem. It just was not our problem. We cannot ever get involved. And they stayed with it. And they tried to undermine the United States government through the 30s and into the 40s. And there were German Hitler sympathizers in our government. And I'm not just saying at a lower level. We had senators. We had many senators who were pro-Hitler. And you know what happened? They got away with it. They were not convicted. They got away with it. That's correct. And now we have a guy running for president. And now we have another guy running for president for whom they think that, and Britt, this goes back to the old uh, thing we used to hear from the radio consultants about, you know, position yourself over here when everyone is over here yeah. and uh, you'll, you'll stand out. And so since there's still popular support for supporting Ukraine against Vladimir Putin's illegal, disgusting, immoral, war criminal-like invasion of Ukraine, these two, Trump and DeSantis, have decided, well, since everybody's over there, we're going to be over here. We're going to be over here because in international affairs and wars, things never go perfectly. And we get to say, we told you so when everything doesn't go perfectly. And they think that somehow the timing will be in their favor and this will help them get the nomination and then get elected president. So, uh, Britt, you're pretty good at describing the Republican need for things to be shitty. They always <laughs> cheer for shitty economic news that they were probably disappointed today, right? That inflation didn't just rocket to the moon again. You know, it's kind of flat, a little bit down, which is what you want. You want it down a little bit. Not as good news as for America is bad news for Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, a, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just stealing a phrase that when things were going really shitty in the uh, Iraq war, that was something that, that uh, Rush Limbaugh would say on a regular basis when we would get all of these reports that things weren't exactly as we thought they were going to be, or as we were told that they were going to be in Iraq. And he would say, well, the bad news for America is good news for Democrats. So fuck him. Uh, how about this? One little history nugget. I hadn't thought of it this way and you know, how we are, where we are right now, that because of the meltdown of 2007, 2008, the subprime mortgage meltdown, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, brink of financial collapse, moves made that did save the world economy. But you know what? They bailed out the banks. They bailed out the banks. They really did. The decision was made that it was more important to save the banking system than to uh, immediately punish those who were responsible for all the bad behavior. And that turned into this populist protest that became the Tea Party very, very quickly. And the Tea Party uh, begat the Republican takeover of the House of Representatives 
mm-hmm. in 2010. And off we went to uh, not trusting anything ever. And it leads us up again to today where it does not matter that the banking situation that we find ourselves in is not identical at all to what happened in 2007, 2008. It is not the same thing. But as a big Fox watcher now, Britt, you know that over there, it is the same thing. It is. The word bailout is always paired up with Biden because they just love alliteration, don't they? Oh, it's it's the so good. Biden's it's bailout, blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't matter how many times that it's emphasized in the last day and a half that this is not taxpayer money, similar to that that was used back then, which, of course, was paid back, but that doesn't matter either, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is rewarding bad behavior. That's what Joe Biden does, like he does with his son, Hunter. <laughs> He doesn't disown his son, Hunter, which he should. Um, The point being that what we're seeing now is an outgrowth of what happened then. And the bad faith reaction to it. But let's put it this way, Britt. Who has been the number one thorn in the side economically and publicly about the way interest rates have moved and the way the spending has really, really been pretty much the greatest amount that we've ever seen in government. It's been that guy, Larry Summers, right? He used to be sure. the Treasury Secretary, sure, used to be the president of, of Harvard. He's always out there poking and picking and just kind of right. You know, he's kind Larry of an Summers asshole. Is, he's kind of a huge asshole, but sometimes right, he's, he's a right. huge asshole. He's a huge ass. But you know what he just said about what we've seen in the last. 36 hours they did the right thing they had to do this oh no no oh no say it ain't so larry so now it'll be right larry summers is the biggest idiot ever we can't even have him on fox tonight because he he isn't trashing biden right (laughs) but you know what i i did hang on during the noon hour Britt. i did watch neil uh cavuto and that doesn't count he's fox adjacent wait a second it's not about neil cavuto uh, you know, first he had on Mr. Wonderful, uh, Kevin O'Leary, who is just furious. You know, he wants he wants every bank to fail. If you punish them, that's the only way they learn. He's what is wrong with that guy? Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, then he had on the man who gave us trickle-down economics. That's right, Arthur Laffer, who was Reagan's uh, economist, one of them, and is famous for... Uh, drawing on a napkin one line that went this way one line that went that way and uh, off we went to uh, cutting taxes means everybody wins and republicans have gone with that for 40 years but even arthur laffer said they did the right thing so we'll see maybe when everybody agrees on things like this it's automatically going to go south but um we're in a better place today than had nothing been done over the weekend. That's, that's all I can say. That's all I can say. 